Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. Moving into 20 to 8 here on SAFM 104 to 107. If you have just joined us, welcome. Don't forget if you'd like to hear one of your songs being played. A big fat juicy for the Sunday morning. And uh, there's a couple of fabulous songs coming through. Brian, I just see your choice of song, Brian Mabai. And uh, we'll definitely make a plan to play that a little later. But how do you get hold of us? Super easy. You can SMS us on 41391. SMS rates apply. You can also WhatsApp us on a voice note uh, and send us a voice not on 0614104107 you can also follow us on x slash twitter and that's at safm radio hashtag safm jsb or at mish constant so let's go into our first thought leader and uh, here we're going into a story we talk about shifting uh, the world around us shifting our lens as well so as we look at a very different uh, way of looking at the world that we live in because constantly we are told to uh, follow the beaten track, if you want to call it. But there are other ways to do things, and that's exactly what's happened in Peter Maritzburg. There are three historic schools in Peter Maritzburg, the Fortreka High School, Gert Maritz Primary, and Simbamba Pre-Primary, that have started the year as a merged school now called the Riverwood College. On the line is the new headmaster, Riverwood headmaster, Anton Emmelman. Anton, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, John Lennon's a hard act to follow, but I'll do my best. (laughs) Don't even try and follow it because you'll find yourself struggling. (laughs) Anton, what uh, an exciting story this is because it really does talk to shifting the way we think about school, shifting the kind of uh, way schools hold themselves very closely uh, to themselves, guarding themselves against other schools, maybe for political reasons, maybe for financial reasons. Talk to us about what has happened here. Well, I think it was a long story in the making, and I'll try and summarize as briefly as possible. I think due to changing circumstances and changing Africana population in the city, the process has gone sort of over the last 25 years where there's been a consolidation of Afrikaans medium schools in the city. And a very interesting situation developed where three very different schools were sharing the same property. Um, and in theory, it was lovely, but in practice, it was just a nightmare because they, they had three different ethoses, they had different governing bodies, different headmasters. So, you know, it became an issue of often of ego and power, and the high school being the biggest often um, dominated the agenda, which led to a lot of conflict. And so about it's been about 10 years in the making, but when I joined the story about five years ago, six years ago, there was just a mind shift to say we need to, there are two reasons, we need to merge to become operationally more smooth, but secondly, a huge debate had developed around the relevance of names, which, of course, mm. was the sensitive and the political topic that nobody really, the elephant in the room, as it were. And that's how the whole process started. You know, I, I th- you, you think you're very brave to raise this issue of the relevance of names. I mean, no doubt a school that is called Fuertreka High School may um, cause some tensions and many tensions amongst many people. In the process of doing that, how did you pay credit to the schools in order to close them down? Well, I think we, we, that was very difficult because we had to acknowledge that the market had shifted. So where our model uh, really differed from other old boys groupings is that 
when the schools became multilingual, a lot of the traditional, and it's not an easy thing to say, but it's a fact, a lot of the traditional support from the old boys and girls disappeared in any case because it no longer represented, you know, this Africana powerhouse, particularly the high school, was a very well-known uh, school in KZN, but it was an all Afrikaans school. And, and so when that identity shift happened, there was a first move away from, from uh, loyal supporters. Um, and then basically we just had to push it through to see how relevant, you know, are those words really uh, relevant in, in, in 21st century South Africa? And there was a lot of kickback and a lot of uh, abuse on social media, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But eventually there was buy-in um, from the current community, and those are the people that matter to us as, as, as leadership and, and governors. So, I mean, Anton, you talk about the fact that this was a huge transformation, and I'm sure you had to have people working with you who work in the DIT um, uh, transformation, equity, diversity space to take it forward. And also you have to really like um, work with people to say, yes, that was your school, but now it's going to be something different and that's okay. Did everybody like in the end say, okay, fine, let's come to the party together? Um, not everybody. There were two, what we did is we facilitated with, uh, with the high school particularly, we created what's called a legacy project. So uh, one of our, our starting points was to say, we weren't going to practice cancel culture. We can't take away 97 years of history. Yeah. So we invited the old boys and old girls. We dedicated a space in the school and we said, we will keep that as a museum because it's, it's and a living museum. So board and on a, you know, all the stuff that is relevant. Yeah. So that current pupils can see the DNA and the history of the school on the condition that the old boys and girls fund that. I didn't think it was the responsibility of current pupils and parents yeah. to, to fund other people's memories. And we were surprised. There's been, there was a distinct division. Um, there were people that said they'd rather break ties with the school. Wow. And then there were a group of amazing people who came to the official closing ceremony of the school last year. And then they, and because we ritualized it, it, it provided closure for people. But also it gave the promise of the legacy for them to, you know, if they really wanted the legacy to be preserved, it gave them a goal. And I think that's the way we've sort of kept by in from some of some of the members of the community. I mean, it's absolutely incredible listening to you and listening to you talk. And I feel like there's a there's a case study here that should be engaged with, surely. I mean, without a doubt. Yes. You know, it's interesting you say that, Michelle, because there's very little... We had one amazing woman in the department, Mrs. Sabia, who really ran with our case, but it, it hasn't really been done recently, and there really wasn't any frame of reference. I think there was one school, I think in Middleburg recently, they created the trio of schools, but there really wasn't anything to base this narrative on, and we sort of had to, we had an amazing manager, one of our parents took on the job in an unpaid capacity of driving the actual technocratic details because there was no playbook to follow. We just had to do what we thought next. Even the naming process, we, yeah. we, we had to think from scratch because there's no manual and, as to how to go about it. So, so the three schools were the Fortrecker High School, the Gert Merit Primary, and Siembamba Pre-Primary. They yes. all came together um, to become Riverwood College. And also um, what you've done is you pulled all the administrative systems together, the budgets, the entrance, you pulled all of that together as well. Yes. Well, well that, that those 
issues are still, you know, they're being ironed out. But yes, that is where we, the, the technical merger will be complete by the end of the year. But for all intents and purposes, that is what we sort of did over the last four years. It feels like a lifetime. I can't remember a life without this merger discussion. Who who decided? I mean, for for example, how did you become the headmaster? Because there would be, have been three uh, different headmasters slash headmistresses in the different schools. How did that take place? Well, it's a, it's a technical issue, and technically, I'm the acting headmaster until the posts are finalised. You know, yeah. the, uh, the, but basically, because of the the school's EMIS number took Fortrecker's um, EMIS number was retained, and yeah. the governing body then sort of decided that I'd done a fairly good enough job to to be nominated as the sitting principal. And yeah. so they asked the, the department if I could stay in the role. And indications from that side have been that they're okay with that. So we're just waiting for that to be official. And and the um, Department of Basic Education, um, how supportive were they? You mentioned one of the people there who was incredibly supportive. I mean, this is a, a big story, I think. And it's so underneath the radar, which is kind of like why we wanted to cover it, because it really talks about people saying, you know what, we can collaborate, we can co-create, we can look at public-private sector partnerships, and we can make a difference uh, by bringing civil society in as well and, you know, looking specifically at education. That part was very difficult because, you know, in, in the early 90s, I, don't know if, I mean, it's a long time ago, but in, there was a stage when there was a lot of consolidation and merging of schools. Mm. And so a lot of technocratic knowledge was lost through the generation. So we were often um, sort of at, um, at closed doors. We send emails and they'd go into the ESA and we wouldn't get, you know, responses and people would have forgotten the processes. And it's also against current departmental thinking in terms of the fact that the word combined school is a bit of a relic from the past as well. And so what we were asking them to do was sort of against Start the a new school. Thinking. Yes. And so, and, and it was amazing. Just two or three miraculous people appeared at the right times. And, you know, somebody's hand took the thing and took it all the way to the NEC's office. And she looked at it and said, okay, I think I can sign off on this. They've, they've done their research and this makes sense. So that was really interesting and difficult because we never knew what the next step was going to be. And often through the four years, the process would lose complete momentum um, and then we'd pick it up again and so we went. Jeez, I mean, Anton, I have huge respect for you and everybody who worked on this. You know, the thing is, as you said, that there was a special effort made not to negate the school's history, and you spoke about that. The thing about schools as well is that they have values. So each school will have a certain value. I can't even remember what mine was. But I hope I'm still living up to it. <laughs> so how did you um, deal with that? Did you just say, okay, we're going to have new values all together for Riverwood College? Yeah, we, we put together basically various forums. So, um, you know, every, every section of the community decided on a value that they – so we'd, we'd gone through a values-based process about five years ago when I first became the headmaster at the high school. It was the first time that that sort of thing was introduced. And then we just entered into discussions with staff and with kids and, and with governors and parents. And in the end, it was a sort of a negotiated, you know, the children chose a love as a value, staff chose, um, or the governing body chose resilience and respect and integrity, and then the staff chose responsibility. So that, that's how we arrived at the sort of final five. But it was all through discussion, and, and it's interesting how people's value systems uh, you know, when you put people in a room and they have to defend something, mm. it is really interesting to see what good negotiation can bring.
I love that um, the kids themselves chose something because that really does talk to a real group conversation. Anton, we wish you the very, very best as you move forward. Um, we'd love to hear more about how the school works uh, as it moves forward. Um, I think this must be very exciting. And I'm sure also for the kids that are coming in from the pre-primary, this is going to be something very exciting and very different as well. For covering the story. Anton Immelman, he's the Riverwood uh, acting headmaster, and uh, they're looking at how the three historic schools started in a merger, but uh, ultimately to become a new school altogether, Riverwood High College. And what did uh, the school uh, uh, kids actually choose as one of the values? Love. I think that's excellent, 10 to 8.